Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of High Value Women brought to you by the New Feminist magazine. We are your hosts, Ellie Massiera-Fielding. And I'm Madame Sarsapie-Rawlings. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about what High Value Women is about? Yeah. So this podcast is brought to you by our magazine, The New Feminist. I started it, hello, which I think you'll find harder to believe the more and more you listen to me. But yeah, it was me. I started the magazine. We are an intersectional feminist magazine and our motto is anyone could be a feminist. And personally, I think everyone should be. Feminism is for everyone. The content we put out is very, very diverse. Um, We do everything from news and politics to sex and relationships and finance and you name it we will probably cover it as long as it um has something to do with women or non-binary people and yeah that's us in a nutshell and we just thought let's finally do it let's bring out a podcast so here we are and the reason we're called high value women if you haven't already figured it out is because yes we are indeed mocking podcast bros because they call themselves high value men so (laughs) now we're stealing it and they also i think when we came up with the name of the episode um the episode the podcast i think one thing that i was really passionate about it being high value women is that podcast bros who kind of dominated this kind of platform Mm -hmm. for um, a few years now they are so determined to define what in their eyes a high value woman is and mm-hmm. that's very narrow and not very realistic to just how women live their lives or like myself or someone who sort of in the woman plus category I'm just for anyone listening identifies their gender or non-binary um, I use he she and they pronouns so you can just whatever you want that's comfortable but the sort of the parameters that podcast bros like Andrew Day who's is in the eyes of high value woman doesn't really exist and we're here to say no first of all all women, all people adjacent to women are high value because to say that people are low value, a little bit sus. <laughs> Just a bit. And, you know, I think it's about time that someone turns this whole, the podcast space. I mean, there's loads of amazing feminist podcasts out there already. Like, we're probably going to work with some of them down the line, hopefully. But um, we just wanted to say, nope, we're all high value women and do one. Exactly. And in case you have started listening and you are like, oh no, a feminist podcast, is this going to be really serious and angry? Sure. Yeah, sometimes, but that's okay. But no, that's not really the premise of this podcast. We are going to try and keep it really lighthearted and just be human um, because that's what we are. Yes, we identify. We're keeping it real. Yeah, we are going to keep it real. Yes, we identify as feminists, but we're humans, first of all. So, you know, and I started the magazine under the premises, premises, premise of the fact that you know, we're allowed to make mistakes and nobody's a perfect human or feminist. And there's so many different ways you can be a feminist and so many different facets of feminism. So, you know, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that is really what we're about in its core, the magazine and also this podcast is that there's no perfect way of being and everyone is just trying their best and learning all the time. And yeah, that's just sort of my personal approach to life and what I've made the magazine as and now hopefully this podcast. So no, it's not going to be stressful. <laughs> it's a nice place. Just chill out and listen. We're just going to cut the kinky. We're just mm-hmm. having a cute time. 
But without further ado, let's dive into, first of all, Ellie, what actually even is a podcast, bro? To you, like, what would you define it as? Yeah, well, first of all, <laughs> Adam, you should probably just let everybody know that this episode is going to be about podcast bros. <laughs> because... Oh, sh- <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's cool. I think they would have understood from that, but it, I'm yeah, Captain Obvious. But, so, spoiler alert! <laughs> spoiler alert! I mean, the title <laughs> of the episode should surely give it away, but yeah, you know, just in case it didn't, this yeah. is going to be about podcast bros. Hell yeah! Everyone's favorite topic on the internet right now. Yeah, and um, sorry, yes. So you asked me what a podcast bro is. So if you yes. have been living under a literal rock, um, podcast bros have sort of taken um, the internet by storm over the past, well, I would say like years, like really fresh, like a couple years. It feels to me like sort of pandemic onwards, it's really grown to be yeah. like a massive thing. I feel like there was definitely it beforehand, but it feels like almost like COVID onwards, it's really sort of taken off in a different way. Yeah. So this is how I describe it. A man who uses his self-improvement show to spew the vilest shit about women for hours every week. That's how I very succinctly um, describe describe podcast bros. What about you, Adam? How would you describe them? I would pretty much agree with that. I mean, I wrote on our little um, Google Doc that we use for these episodes something that's less polite and a little bit more succinct than what Ellie just said. But um, Adam just said he is a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> with, a, with a smiley face and a heart <laughs> but I'd say to me a podcast bro is a guy that first of all obviously has to have a podcast but under the guise of either like uplifting men or like I don't know like you say like self-improvement it is really it's a front for spreading misogynistic um tritus basically mm-hmm. I think that um to me as well that um one of the things that really gets me about podcast bros is there's a lot of aggression and there's a lot of half-baked knowledge like these guys don't know the fuck they're talking about like (laughs) and I'd say the other thing is that what kind of defines them is a lot of influence like that's a scary thing about it and we're going to talk about that more this episode but I think that to be a podcast bro you have to have people listening to you and in fairly large amounts which people are yeah no that's so true obviously you've got like the small ones who are seeing these big creators who we will talk about and just say yeah I can do that like I want to do that I've got stuff to say when in fact sir no you do not at least nothing helpful no and then and then they literally have like two views but yeah there are some really really massive like podcasts um, that are just so toxic it's so toxic as most of you know um so let's dive in <laughs> let's get deep and dirty and let's talk about these um absolute stand-up guys <laughs> stagnant musty dusty crusty <laughs> abominations of men is what they <laughs> really are but let's keep it moving I think oh, that um God. I mean, let's face it, I think that the rise of the podcast, bro, is like, it feels in a lot of ways to me quite reactionary mm-hmm. to the fact that women have, uh, women, queer people, people of colour, because not all podcast bros are white, but a larger number of them are white men. But basically, people who historically have not had a seat at the table, having that seat at the table, it's almost like yeah. it's triggered something in these podcast bros. It's like... I don't like that because now I have to listen to women. I have to listen to gay people. 
Mm-hmm. And it ain't it ain't the thesis. It's a reaction to the fact that people literally have the right to speak and be listened to now. Yeah. And what's interesting is that these these sorts of men have existed for for forever. Like these sorts oh, of men, yes. there's nothing new. It's just that this is a new medium and they're reaching a yes. lot of people. And that's very concerning. And that's why, even though you know, a lot of this discussion will probably be kind of funny and lighthearted. At the core of it, this is really troubling. And the amount of influence that that some of them have is crazy. Like, who was it? I'm starting to like, get into, you know, usually when you hear of a group of people on the internet, and everybody's talking about them, you actually don't know many of them in real life. Like, yeah, I can't think of any examples right now, but you tend to not. But I'm starting to like come into contact with people who are um, Andrew Tate fans and, yes, and things like too. that like pe- like my friends who are on like dating apps I'm I'm a bit out of the oh, dating girl. game because I I've been in a relationship for six years so I don't but is it hinge is that what is that what we're all on um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean I've heard of, like some some crazy stories um, especially um, like some of my close friends who um, have who, who are part of the magazine imagine this conversation just imagine just picture this she works for a feminist magazine and this guy is an Andrew Tate fan and they don't know this about each other yet and they're meeting on a dating app and that just just imagine how this conversation went it was troubling but this oh is my God. like I'm seeing I know I know I know it's like the most <laughs> fucked up premise for a rom-com ever <laughs> oh my god yeah I probably the only rom-com I wouldn't watch um yeah so it's it's kind of scary how they're growing and they're just sort of everywhere. I have seen so many of them on dating apps so which is crazy because really? obviously I'm in like a queer space on dating apps which you would think would be a bit more like devoid of this yeah is there are there Andrew Tate fans who are like in the queer space not necessarily Andrew Tate specifically okay but a lot of people have the same kind of mentality you can definitely tell it influenced by him and like similar people and a lot of I mean, and we can get in this, into this in another episode, maybe, but, um, mm-hmm. like, quote-unquote straight acting gay men who are... Um, uh, um, and there's a lot of them around. Like, in the closet? Not in the closet. Like, they are out as being gay, but they're, they're oh. very much about... They want to act as toxically masculine as possible. Like, oh, wow. They want to be very married to the idea that they want to be passable as straight. And then they also... Um, they tend to have a lot of internalized homophobia towards people like me who are even non-binary or just like more femme. Um, but a lot of people like that I've seen have had like um I've even seen like Andrew Tate quotes and bios before, which is crazy. <gasps> oh my god. No, I actually feel sick. That actually makes me feel sick. No, I'm not okay. I mean, the only thing I have to say is I'm kind of glad they do it because it's like, right, okay, I know definitely to never even like entertain anything with you that's true they're putting their red flag like high on display they're waving their red flag (laughs) yeah exactly why why did I not think of the word waving their red flag this is why I think everybody will find out that um Adam is much better with words I know that's hilarious because I started a magazine but it's true (laughs) I'm just really good at talking shit that's like all I'll say (laughs) well I'm okay with that I think for days Especially about crap like this, like podcast bros getting that's a like thing, low keys. I kind of want to swipe right on one of these guys just to get into a conversation because, like, I'm kind of hungry for that argument. Oh my god, I'm kind of tempted to tell you to do that, but just be careful. But also, if you do, (laughs) 
take screenshots and bring the conversation (laughs) to this podcast because we're gonna have to read through every message or they'll probably just depress me in the end because as you said about these like what you just said about these like straight act like straight presenting gay men that kind of I kind of feel bad for them because clearly there is they're struggling with this like internalized yeah homophobia and they're obviously there's like a fear and I think we I'll talk about this way like a lot in this podcast not just with gay men but men in general about this fear that that I think is a is arising and is really prevalent in men today and and you know not knowing what their purpose is and I mean we'll we'll get deeper into it but it's 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 real and I think it's what's causing a lot of this oh my god definitely and the thing is like I do want to say now that I'm not saying that like all gay people have to like behave the same kind of way I don't want people saying that I don't want people taking it that when I say straight acting gay men that I'm saying that gay men that are skew more mask or whatever that they're the problem that's definitely not the case Mm. um it's a, a loud minority that just had this mindset so you know there's plenty of like very masculine gay men like I've dated masculine gay men that have been so the opposite of what I've just talked about but just they are out there they are a loud minority and they are very influenced by not only Andrew Tate but like a lot of them are very big into the Ben Shapiro oh my all. god well that actually leads me to this okay so I have a I have a personal theory that. This is so good, guys, that you are not right. <laughs> Ellie has, like, broken down the podcast, bro, into, like, subcultures, and it's amazing. Yeah, personal essay is, is uh, coming, don't worry. No, it's not. I'm not going to do that. But whilst I was sort of researching for this episode, um, I was coming, you know, just typing in podcast, bro, weirdly you get, like, uh, a mixed bag, um, and often it's depending on, like, the date. So this is kind of, like, chronological as well. Because I think that there are several different levels of podcast bros. Well, I think there's three main levels of podcast bros. And then I think there's a couple other categories that technically aren't podcast related, but sort of fit into the same pocket. So I think the first, and this is where it all started, I think as well. I think the first category. Yeah, this is like the spawn point for me. Yeah, 100%. So I think the first category is what I like to call the wellness gurus. So that's like Joe Rogan. Tim Ferriss, Aubrey Marcus, Lewis Howes. Um, you might not know all of them. I'm sure you'll definitely know Joe Rogan. But it's this sort of mentality. Actually, I I put a quote here somewhere from, and I'm, I think I'm going to, should I read it out? Because I, I Yeah, read it out, honey. So this is the intro of a New York Times article called The Podcast Bros Want to Optimize Your Life. And I thought it was hilarious because it's clearly very sarcastic and this is how she starts her article um I'm so sorry I've forgotten the name of the the journalist I'll find it out um and and let everybody know but this is what she says do you want to optimize your life start your morning with a kale garlic ginger smoothie or better yet meditate and fast until noon next hit the gym for your mixed martial arts workout and take a cold shower to activate your immune system then plan this summer's vision quest Maybe you'll head to the jungles of Peru, where a shaman will brew you some mescaline-laced psychedelic tea. Don't worry, the intense nausea means you're grasping new dimensions of reality. Next, read a book on evolutionary psychology to remind yourself that you're just a social primate with genetically programmed urges. Then read some stoic philosophy. <laughs> Sorry, I saw, I saw no, your I reaction and then it got me. Then read some stoic philosophy to control those urges. Take ownership of your day. And soon enough, you'll be a millionaire running your own lifestyle coaching empire. And to me, that literally summarizes like Joe Rogan's podcast and like his like brand For real. in a nutshell. 
like and do you know what sucks about this it's nothing to do with sexism or misogyny it's that whole way of being is not sustainable especially if you're not like no, rich. it really isn't that's, yeah I think that's the kind of thing like and I did mention our notes somewhere but there's a massive focus on like hype culture and like mm-hmm. sort of like being the boss and like having excess and being like you know a leader and like an alpha and all this sort of stuff that goes into the podcast bro thing yeah and I just think it kind of ties into what we said before that's like there's like such a big pressure on men to like first of all like know what the purpose is but also to like buy into this culture like and I guess in a way maybe part of this is exacerbated by the fact that in our culture now men don't have to be providers anymore Mm -hmm. yeah like they don't have to provide for a family well that's exactly what I was talking about actually when I started saying like a a lack like like they feel like they're lacking purpose yeah Yeah. because uh, and and this is where I do kind of sympathize a little bit if they didn't turn into such massive dickheads because (laughs) I know I know that's sort of um ironic because no not ironic like contradictory but it is true because I, I would I would sympathize so much more if it didn't manifest in these awful ways is that it's so understandable like men have had such a clear space and way of life yeah they were the breadwinners and you know they there's such a they had such a clear but the thing is timeline and now it's gone and they're like what the fuck do i do but it's like before like say the 1970s 1980s when women started entering the workforce in the western world at least mm-hmm. the world was a man's playground yeah you know because really it's like bars clubs pubs they were all for men workplaces was, was for men Basically, everywhere outside of the home and a few selected places, like, say, like a, sal- a beauty salon, were spaces by men for men. And that's not the case anymore. Mm. And the thing where I kind of differ from, like, I do sympathise to a degree that there's this sense that men feel like a purpose. Mm-hmm. The one thing that makes me feel a little less sympathetic is the fact that they have a lot of tools at their disposal to see that, you know, you can still have purpose. The thing is, women had to make purpose in their lives centuries it's true yeah that is true literal centuries um without anything like that and men still have men still have every bit of privilege and advantage that they had before women no longer needed to be financially dependent upon a man that's true and i just think that i I get the um i get that there's an anxiety maybe about men feeling like oh well we don't have like a use anymore Mm mm-hmm but your use is to no longer, like your use is not to provide for me, it's to provide for yourself. Yes, but that's the thing that I think men aren't getting because it's not just providing for yourself financially, but it's mentally emotionally. emotionally. Yes, exactly. That. And that, and that, obviously, we all know that toxic masculinity has made that very hard. And I think that is where my sympathy comes in because they yeah, don't know how to that. feel and emote in so, in, in so many different ways. Because they've not been allowed to do it exactly and that I think because I'm not like and and this is something that you know you'll find out because we don't yes I keep making comments about men being dickheads but I'm not even saying that I'm talking specifically about podcast bros I do not hate men and most and all in fact all of the feminists that I know they also don't all hate people men. who are truly feminists I would they say don't in the, hate the men. Sense, I mean I don't hate men I get frustrated with them a lot true but, <laughs> But my frustration is more with patriarchy and inherent misogyny that exists in our culture than yeah. with men themselves, even though they are, well, usually the sort of the manifestation of that. Yeah, but that's so true. The thing is, I think 
the podcast bros it's like it feels almost in a way like what i'm trying to think of almost like you know like folk medicine mm-hmm. like there's a rationale wait, no wait no brought. what wait sorry i said i'm gonna, no, I'm gonna explain it so it's okay. like so there's a rationale in that certain so folk medicine um if you eat this plant it's gonna cause it's gonna cure a stomach ache mm-hmm. but you know there's an understanding that there's a problem that needs to be resolved there and podcast bows are podcast bros are presenting themselves as like an antidote to that Mm, yes but the reality is they're not going to remedy the issues that men face as effectively as just embracing emotional vulnerability Mm -hmm. and and that's a hard thing to do it's a really hard thing to do in the same way that like sometimes going through a actual scientifically proven medical route to cure an illness is a lot harder than a folk medical route it's the same sort of thing it's like the actual work that it takes to be emotionally vulnerable and unlearn toxic masculinity as someone that had to do this to a degree when Mm -hmm. I sort of um because obviously as someone who is biologically male I was socialized as a boy growing up and I'm lucky that I grew up in an environment where this wasn't as much an influence but you know I was still told at school and things like that that I need to like man up and things like that and I could have very easily internalized those things. And it was hard for me to embrace my queerness, my non-binaryness, my sort of all the things that I am now that have helped me walk through the world as a comfortable, happy person. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to unlearn those things. And when you don't have the sort of the the initiator of being queer or trans or whatever that someone like me has, I imagine it's even harder because you have nothing that's really going to start the process off other than your own volition. Oh, yeah. Wow. Beautifully said. And you're doing a great job, may I say, at like being you. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, I think it is like, as you're sort of, to, to add on to what you're saying, it is kind of like an identity issue. Like, who am I? Absolutely. And what, do I do? what is my purpose? And when you're lost and there's somebody there to guide you, you really latch onto that person. And this is the podcast, bro. They're taking advantage Very of that. Yeah, they're taking advantage of vulnerable, lost men and young boys. And That's these, what it is. Yeah, and these lost young boys are looking up to them like, oh my God, finally a role model who gets it, who can tell me how to be a man. And, you know, there's something very freeing. It's like giving them the roadmap. Yeah, do you know what? I, I was watching the Selena Gomez documentary today and she said something weirdly that links to this, okay? It's nothing to do with this, but what she says makes sense. I mean, sense. I adore Selena Gomez, so anything she has to say, I'm here for. I love her so, so much, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, but she said that... Wait, was it? Wait, hang on a second. Was it the Selena Gomez podcast? Oh, no, it wasn't. See, I, te- I take so much information in on tiktok and through watching stuff a day that i get confused where things come from sorry well, shout that. out to selena anyway shout out to selena i hope you're doing well girl, we'll I love love you girl. You. <laughs> but um yeah no this is nothing to do with you um this was actually i was scrolling through tiktok i got confused oh my god my breath i actually i worry about my brain sometimes this was uh, a clip from fleabag you know where she's have you seen Fleabag yes yeah I love Fleabag oh don't we all um you know that clip where she's like giving confession but like not confession yes and she's like and and she says I don't want to I want somebody to tell me what to wear every day and I want somebody to tell me what to like and what to be angry about and who to be and I just I don't want 
to have to I don't think I'm doing life right and I want somebody to tell me how to do it and I think yeah that's some that even though it encapsulates you know what women feel I think it encapsulates it's what humans so true feel. actually and I think yeah. that's what these men feel is like I they need this somebody to just tell them how to do it how to be a man and that's what's happening I think the other aspect of it as well that really ties into this and makes them so much more potent is the fact that they are crazy successful. Yeah, I know. Like, they're ridiculous. Like, Joe Rogan has enough power and influence that his words, so I believe it was something about he was making some sort of anti-vax statement or platforming an anti-vax person, and that was enough of a statement to make Joni Mitchell remove all of her music from Spotify. Now, like, Joni Mitchell... um, I assume most people know who she is because she's very famous, but yeah, just in yeah. case no one, just in case people don't, because she is sort of from a different era to sort of our generation. She's a very, very influential musician from 70s, 80s, beautiful songwriter. In a lot of ways, a major influence of people like Taylor Swift and Manuel Ray. Some beautiful music. And she was so pissed off about Joe Rogan and his influence and what he was platforming that she's point blank pulled her shit from spotify and that to me says so much because if someone who is from a traditional entertainment industry with a lot of influence power and respect is so bothered by the influence of your words and your platform Mm. that just shows how powerful you are and as well don't forget these guys like andrew tate we're gonna get we're gonna have to get into him quite a lot but millionaire yeah crazy successful man i didn't know that about Joni mitchell as well that's news to me that's that's insane for those of you yeah. who are maybe still like i don't know who Joni mitchell is hopefully this will help um you know in love actually where, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah oh no what's her name um you know where when emma thompson gets a cd yeah yeah thank you and emma she realizes she's been cheated on and that's yeah. just how we all feel at points that- in life Yes, that iconic moment. That's how I know who Joni Mitchell is. Like, no no joke. So anyway, hopefully that will help. But yeah, I didn't know that. That's crazy. And yeah, you're right. Andrew Tate is a million, million, I don't know. But like, because these guys are so successful. It's like, not only saying like, this is what you do to be like a man, but this is, if you do this, you know, because really they are MLMs. At least Andrew Tate's running an MLM, multi mm-hmm. marketing um, company for those who don't know what that is. But they're saying like, look, bro. I've got like, I'm like such a man. I've got my life together. I'm doing this, 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 and this. Like, I've got har, har, ROI, so whatever it is. I don't know what <laughs> to say. But you know, I'm like, I'm killing it. Follow me. You can kill it too. And it preys on that vulnerability and that dichotomy of like, oh God, this is who I am. This is who I need to be. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also, like what you're saying as well, is this the appeal of, look at this person who's slowly becoming my role model look how rich they are and how successful and look at all the cars they have and all of the girls and all of that it's, it's becomes not only like a role model but it becomes like a god like so enticing and you want that lifestyle and you it becomes basically cultish yeah it's a cult yeah, <laughs> yeah okay end yeah, of episode really you figure it out it's a cult <laughs> i mean like before we get into that a bit too much i because I feel like the cult side of it is going to get into like the third layer of podcast bro that you've identified. Yeah, true, true, true. I'd be really keen on you to explain to me what a banter bro is. Yeah, okay. So we just talked about wellness gurus and Joe Rogan and the stuff they, you talked about, sorry, just before I get into banter bros, you talked about like the stuff they sell and each of those uh, 
the people I listed, Joe Rogan, Tim Ferriss, Aubrey Marcus, they, you know, they each go on each other's podcasts and like plug their products as well. Yeah, they're just circle jerk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. <laughs> Not literally. Well, maybe. Maybe. We don't know. I mean, that might be some male bonding. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's what they do to feel like masculine. <laughs> 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 no, because when they find this, they're going to come after us so bad. <laughs> I don't think they're going to find this. It's the first episode. <laughs> they're not going to find this. You never know. But you oh know, actually, everyone said this to them. I want that fight. I am ready I, for that. Yeah, <laughs> I want them to find this. Bring let's it on. Go. Let's go. Actually, no, I don't. <laughs> I'm too scared. <laughs> I, will no, I don't think all. I can hack I am it. Ready? Okay, yeah, you can handle it for the both. <laughs> okay, so the next category, um, and this this is also even though um, Joe Rogan and that, like the wellness gurus, they are very toxic and very harmful, and have said their fair share of sexist comments um, and even racist comments. Um, I know that. Uh, well, in fact, we'll get into it later, but. Uh, last year on Joe Rogan's podcast where <clears throat> Jordan Peterson was on it and they were just being super racist. Um, so I'm, they're not, I'm not saying they're not toxic and harmful, but in this list of c- these three categories, I would say that they're the lesser of yeah. the three evils. And I also think they bred the next category and the next category category bred the, the last category. So I do think this is like chronological as well. This is just my take on it. Yeah. So the next category is the banter bros. Um, and <clears throat> you might know Theo Von or Bobby Lee. Um, I wouldn't know who they exist, that they existed if it wasn't, um, but like my, my, <laughs> I'm really sorry, Felix. I love you. Um, he, um, my boyfriend used to listen to them and uh, not anymore though but um my my boyfriend Felix he he has like openly admitted to being like red pilled before like m- more like before I met him um and like he's changed so much now he's like super feminist and we love that we love he's grown growth. yeah and and we love it but because of that like I know who these guys are and there are so many there's like a whole um like there's so many of them and they usually all hang out together um and there are also some that are not related to them, but I, I think banter bros is a whole category because they take less of a wellness guru approach and they're more like, they take the more like fuck it approach. Are they kind of like edgelords? Is that like the whole What's tea an of them? An edgelord is just like, oh, it's like Tommy and Sam. Oh. Yeah, they just like, they just like saying edgy shit to like rile people up because they think it's funny and whatever. Yeah, so it's, I call them banter bros because it reminds me of those kids at school who are like, oh, it's just banter, it's just banter, it's just banter. Yeah, very that. Yeah, and they will say like something super, super sexist or super racist. In fact, Bobby Lee has recently been in uh, the media because he keeps making the same joke about raping a kid. Yeah. Which is so funny, by the way. Just Yeah, hilarious. I'm, I'm, ha ha ha. I'm actually wet. I mean, you guys can't tell this because of my deadpan delivery, but I'm actually wetting myself right now at that. Yeah, yeah, seriously, I can see it. <laughs> no, um, just clarified, no. Um, neither of us no, find that funny him. at I all. It's awful. Yeah, it's it's disgusting, but this is the sort of thing that happens on the podcast, and they think that they, a, a very common conversation that these people have is about comedy and how you can't say anything in comedy anymore and how they're all comedians really like most of them are comedian comedians or trying to be comedians mm. and they have podcasts that's sort of like the trying group. to be that's the opposite word <laughs> exactly um I, I think a lot of these people are friends with like dave Chappelle, so i think that gives you like a good idea I see. yeah 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 
so I feel like it's another level of sexism because they'll just openly make awful jokes about women and stuff and um it's fine because it's just banter and it's just a joke and they don't mean it it's just a joke you can't take if you don't laugh you just can't take a joke that's yeah, the problem free speech and all of this stuff so yeah sometimes I almost think they're they're worse than the last category because you know they kind of gaslight gaslight people with it and yeah they they're they're not like honest with their approach like if you're going to be sexist be it go on then like I dare you at least yeah own it yeah rather than like putting this guise of like comedy over it I think it's ridiculous yeah because like my thing about sort of dark comedy and things like that is I agree that most things can be joked about, Mm -hmm. but I'm a firm believer of it needs to be done in the right setting, you know? Mm -hmm. And I generally err on the side of, I don't find jokes funny if they're being made by someone that that joke doesn't apply to, if that makes sense. Yeah. So if I say, if I was to do stand-up comedy, I would probably make a lot of jokes about the gay community because I'm a part of that community and it's coming from a place of love, acceptance and knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's like, as someone who's... um, I mean, I don't like the word survivor, but as a rape survivor, I really don't enjoy rape jokes because I just think you haven't experienced that. You don't know what it feels like. And I just think, first of all, it's not funny anyway. Like, it's a poor comedic crutch because you're just getting people to laugh on shock value. Same thing as, like, Holocaust jokes. It's like, I think, I agree that, yes, you should have the right to say those jokes, but it's poor comedy because the best comedians people who can pull on something intelligent and mm. be ob- and make astute observations and point at the absurdity in our daily lives. Mm-hmm. If you're just making jokes that make people go like, oh, did they really say that? Oh my God. Like, and then it's almost like gallows humor then. And I just think it's weak sauce and you're a shit comedian. But you have the right. To- yeah, it's bad humor. You're, 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 I'm 100% right. Like, it's not even good. It's not creative. Like, you have the right to be a shit comedian, but I also have the right to say that you're a shit comedian. <laughs> true so true they never like talking about that they're like i have the right to say this well then we have the right to say your shit so exactly it's it's so true um but yeah i mean i agree like i think that it's a it's kind of a difficult conversation and some like i sometimes change my mind about it but about humor and what's allowed in comedy yeah but i i'm of the same mind as you as you can you can take the piss out of yourself you can you can laugh at yourself but you really got to be careful when you start talking about other people because yeah it, it can it can be really harmful and people can get hurt and you never know how fragile somebody is and what could be the thing that could like push somebody over the edge yeah and there's a degree to which i do believe like the best censorship is self-censorship like you know mm-hmm. if there's a comedian or something that i don't like on the tv i'm just going to turn it off yeah but I think there's a way to be skillful about joking about people that you don't necessarily belong to the community of, mm-hmm. but it takes a skilled comedian who can do it in a way that you know it's a joke and it's not just using comedy as a front to say something offensive, mm-hmm. which kind of leads us into just the blatant offensiveness of at least last of the trifecta <laughs> of podcast dickheads. You're going to introduce them to us, Ellie? These yes. stand-up boys? We're finally there. Boys. The extremists. Ladies oh and gents. Yeah, so uh, Andrew Tate. Uh, Myron Gaines and Walter Weeks, who you may know uh, from the Fresh and Fit podcast. Sometimes those clips circulate on TikTok. Yeah, I've seen them a few times. Yeah. Um, and Kevin Samuels as well. Um, an older man who is... No relation to Aaron Samuels of Mean Girls fame. 
<laughs> no, no, we like him. Um, yeah, so these are the extremists. This is like the top of the the I don't know whether to say like the top of the pyramid or the bottom, to be honest with you, because it's a bad pyramid. The top of the <laughs> the third totem. The top <laughs> I mean that's just the T. Yeah. Andrew what Adam said. The third totem. Say that five times fast. Top of the third totem, top of the third. <laughs> I'm going to stop now before that becomes a meme. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't, they don't really need much of an introduction. Everybody in the world knows who Andrew no. Tate is now. He's been uh, what uh, Googled, like, more than uh, Donald Trump now. So I don't think he needs much of an introduction. But the extremists no, are basically the blatant, misogynistic, sexist... I, how would you describe just arsehole like just awful humans i don't know how horrible to just them. there is there is no polite way the thing for me is that these people they are just to me there is not really anything to redeem <laughs> like <laughs> i not a single a redeeming quality despite the fact that i'm quite a cynic by nature and i've got a very dry sense of humor mm-hmm. and whatever and i'm quite I'm, I, I feel like i'm quite like dark side of the person I like to approach my interactions with people with a lot of positivity. Mm-hmm. I just don't know where I'd go with these. I don't know what <laughs> I could say to them. Like, I, I don't know. Like, So me and Ellie have both watched the Andrew Tate documentary. And that's on BBC. It was originally made by Vice, I think. And then it's BBC's just platformed it for the UK. I actually made some some notes on it. So before we get into it do should i like go through it for people who haven't watched it just briefly yeah sure all i was going to say though is that the presenter of this documentary is a, a straight straight man who obviously the only person i could have done this documentary because i don't think he would have let safety. a woman do this yeah safety yeah safety reasons. yeah i think safety but also even if like there was assurance of safety i don't think he would respect a woman going into that space and asking the same questions or even someone like me who in his eyes is just a man Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. They probably call me like a failed man or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Which not a failed man. I'm a very sexy. I'm a very sexy and successful um, <laughs> gender individual. Hell um, yeah! But I am. Um, I was just thinking, if I was in that position where I had to interview Andrew Tate and actually speak to him, like on a human level, I don't know what I would say. I don't. I don't know how I would approach it. I'd be like, so breathing's cool. <laughs> No, seriously, okay, I, I am Andrew Tate. I'm not, I'm not actually, but just, I am, <laughs> I am Andrew Tate, and you've just walked into a room, and it's just me and you in the room, what do you, what do you say? I would just leave. <laughs> There's nothing else you can do, like, that's the only thing, that's the only it's acceptable like, answer. Could you imagine, like, being trapped in a, like, in a lift with him, like, you know, like, that old eagle question, like, what, who would you rather be stuck in a lift with? If it um, was Andrew Tate, I'd be like... I really don't, I don't know, like... Well, considering his history, I'd actually fear for my life. Oh my god, yes, for real. As a cis woman, I definitely would fear for your life too. Yeah. Um, But I would literally like, look, we don't have to talk to each other, we can pretend we're not here. I'd literally just like put my AirPods in there, right? I'm just gonna listen to some Shakira and just get through this. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Yeah. Although maybe I'd be like, I'm bored, and I I do choose violence a lot, so maybe I would just like... (laughs) Maybe I would just like egg him on. It depends how long you're in the lift for. I think, like, do we need entertainment? Like, <laughs> no, yeah, I would, or is this I just going to be like four hours of just him saying the same shit over and over? I think, 
yeah it probably would be although saying that in the documentary he does turn it on and off like really quickly he does that's 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 the interesting thing so yeah do you want to give us a bit more context about the doc honey yeah okay so um i watched this yesterday so it's fresh in my brain but i still wrote some things down just to like if you haven't seen this documentary it's on bbc um i know how quick (laughs) how quick did a documentary get made about angie tate i know they really just whipped it up yeah um and as adam said i think it started um with vice because um the guy who um is the journalist in it is is a vice journalist he's called matt shayer i think yeah i think um and he i think he does this he does really good he does a really good job considering the yeah he does the, the predicaments that he gets into and it's only 40 minutes and I highly, 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 highly recommend you watch it. Um, I apologize for my dog in the background. Yeah, it's it really gives you insight into exactly who this man is. Um, I mean, straight off the bat, it starts with this um with Matt Shea going in, and um one of the first things that this man says, Andrew Tate is he doesn't have any loser friends and right now he enjoys sitting down with his bros to discuss how to make money out of the war in Ukraine. This is literally how this documentary starts and like the first thing is probably the most problematic thing I've heard all year. It's like, so we're just, we're starting off by thinking how can we profit off a humanitarian crisis? Yeah. Like, which honestly in a way that's kind of what he does like point blank because you can describe the what we were talking about earlier with like the context of what men are going through at the moment as in a way like a bit of a humanitarian crisis obviously not comparing it to what ukrainians are going through but in a way he is a responder to crisis he capitalizes on crisis mm-hmm. which is yeah. a wonderful thing to do you're a really stand-up bloke andrew yeah lovely um Cobra tate shall we say oh yeah by the <laughs> way guys he insists that people or at least he did for a while insists people call him cobra which, I mean, he is a fucking snake, so that makes sense. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, gross. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, no, so I mean, bad. This, the, second, the second thing that he says, well, it's not t- technically the second. He's walking around his house in Romania, by the way, and um, he keeps going, no, this room is, like, out of bounds, that like, you can't go in there. This room, you can't go in there, which I imagine is where a bunch of illegal stuff lives. And then he says... Um, Matt Shea looks down he's like why have you got like swords like dotted around oh, your house God, not this. And, <laughs> and he's like no I was actually just talking about this in my podcast um, the number one problem in the world right now is how not enough men have walk around with swords in their house and he's like that's the number one problem in the world right now <laughs> not climate change no not, no not war not famine no no and he and he's like why and he's like, just imagine this. You <laughs> just imagine this. You come so home, bad, guys, and your wife is like, and your wife is like, oh no, COVID. Like, I, we need a mask, and you can just be like, shut up, bitch. I don't need a mask. I have a sword. So okay, so <laughs> his his reasoning for why everybody needs a sword is to prevent COVID. <laughs> so I mean, as that just tells you guys, we're dealing with a really intelligent man here. Yeah, like but, he's um, Einstein level. I think before we get into his podcast, I think it's important we give a little bit more context about him as well. So, for example, like why he is in Romania. So, yeah. Andrew Tate, he actually rose to fame as a contestant on British Big Brother. So, unfortunately, he kind of came out of the UK. Sorry, the world. 
about mm. that. He's, I believe he's Anglo-American. He has like an accent that like switches from British to Americanish. Yeah. Um, British to Americanish, great English there, Adam. But he was um, investigated for cases of rape in the UK. Um, he owns, I don't know if he still does, but he owns a ring of cam girl websites and he's been accused, and basically it's confirmed that he would recruit cam girls to his sites through what's called like the, um, oh, I forget what they call it now, the it's, documentary. So I don't remember what their business, so it's it, Andrew Tate and his brother start this business where they they recruit a bunch of girls to do webcam um stuff and then they started a course called pimpin hose degree the pimpin hose degree that's the name i remember i don't remember i think their business might have been called pimpin hose there's a there's a specific tactic that's used though it's i think it's like it's even like the boyfriend like the nice guy tactic or something like that the lover boy lover boy that's the one thank you so basically they get into relationships with women usually women that are quite vulnerable as well i Mm -hmm. want to add yeah usually estranged from families or um in financially dire situations and they take them in they sort of show them this like amazing like andrew tate lifestyle and then they basically they make them go into cam work take all the money so essentially the whole pimping hose thing is actually not to use the word hose towards a sex worker but um, they are effectively they are pimps yeah i mean that's what it is lover boy is just another term for a pimp it's just they use emotional manipulation to get to the women by you know promising affection and a relationship and love and then they get these vulnerable girls to not only do webcam stuff but andrew tate takes all of their money 100 percent of their money which he is openly admitted to so so it's essentially a sexual slavery yeah and that is currently why he is, is he, he's in prison right now still. Yeah, yeah, so he moved to Romania after he was being investigated for rape cases in the UK because Romania, for a European country, it's the rationale is basically that Romania has poorer um, follow-up of like sex crime um, reporting and things like that. Yeah, less um, stringent laws around yeah, sex crimes. Almost, yeah, and so... He basically he moved to Romania on the basis that it would be easier for him to continue his operations there. And he started obviously making his content online and he eventually got arrested. He was actually being checked, he was being hunted for by him and his brother by the Romanian police. And he got into Twitter beef with Greta Thunberg, which makes me just so happy that it came from Greta Thunberg, this, but he had a pizza box from a Romanian pizza chain in the background of one of his videos responding to Greta Thunberg saying, like, I don't really like it. It's like, I don't recycle my pizza boxes. And then the authorities were able to find that, find where he was, and then arrest him. And he's still in custody now. He was arrested just after Christmas. So that's, um, it's gone on to about three months now that he's been in Romanian police custody. Um, yeah, that was the highlight of 2020. That was like the best way to end 2022. It was not on my year-long bingo. I didn't even, at that point, I'd, kind of <laughs> checked out that. I'd like checked out the Andrew Tate um, thing for a bit because just, you know, you don't always need a twat on your feed. Me too. But when I saw that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to check back in because I'm really enjoying the fact that his downfall has come. But he's just the um, the head of a many-headed hydra when it comes to like these extremist podcast bros. Yeah. I think actually, though... We might need to fact check the whole pizza box thing because, like, even though it's a wonderful story, I actually don't think that's how. What like in the end, I don't think 
that's how they found him. I think they already knew. I think they just raided his his place. Oh, I see. I thought it was like because it was Romanian chain, it like confirmed he was in the country or something like that. I don't that's know. That's what everybody was saying. I don't do you know what? I really, really hope so. But I think it was Felix who was like, Oh, even though that was a really cool story, I don't think that's actually what uh, happened. I see. Well, you I'll, know what, guys, I'll check later. Yeah, fact check later. But you know, guys, if anyone listening has the tea, feel free to we'll leave our social um, information at the end of the podcast. Feel free to drop us in like a DM and just say, you know, give us like the truth about the situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god, this is like totally left field. Sorry, but no, go for have it. Have you ever seen him make his videos about cooking food? No, I didn't even know he had videos about cooking food. It's so funny. So Andrew Tate, being the big match man of the years, he basically said that every man who cooks food for themselves is a loser because it's like. <laughs> What? He says it's like the most simple thing you can do ever. Because first of all, in his mind, he thinks that only women should make food. But secondly, he's like, well, you can get a rotisserie chicken for like $5. Bam. Oh, this I have is- seen that. Yeah. Brittany Broski and um, what's the name, Ethan from the H3H podcast. Like, oh, I love it. I love videos. the h Ethan and Healer are the best. Yeah. So guys, just search Brittany and Ethan H3H. H3H3. 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 Thank H3. you. <laughs> what actually is it? Let's go with H3H3. Oh, I'm so Y'all sorry. Y'all know the podcast. Siri popped up and then I couldn't hear you. What did you say? I was saying, I think it's H3H3. I think that's like what it is. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, guys, send us the DM to correct us if we're wrong. Um, but like everyone does look it up because it kind of shows me in a more benign way, like a less triggering context because he's mm. just talking about food. You know, it's not, it's not that deep. But yeah. it just shows the kind of rationale that this man has. So everyone just search that. Their commentary unit is really funny as well. But I feel like that to me, just when I saw that, it epitomizes exactly what he is about, which is just just generally being an awful person. Should we read out some of the things that he said? I found like a... a, a... Oh, girl, do it. I've not, I've, <laughs> I've like, not no. seen this. I've <laughs> not seen this. So I'm really intrigued to like see what's come up because I I probably have heard a few of them already, but yeah, go on. Yeah um i actually i don't think i've even even i've read through all of this it's just something i found on reddit which where somebody's gone like watched a bunch of his stuff and just like quoted him it's just like quotes and just trigger one ahead of time guys because there will be some awful shit in this even though i've not read any of it i just know there's some awful shit coming our way yeah okay so the first one is took a video of him attempting to beat a woman with a belt for not listening to him great yeah i've Love seen that. that one that was in the yeah. documentary i believe when the video of him attempting to beat the woman got leaked, he said, any man who is actually a G would look at that video and go, man, she wants that shit. Just I mean, I can't on. even laugh at that. Like, that's Yeah, that disgusting. is just not funny. If a woman is going out with a man, she belongs to that man. That's his woman. So she wants to do OnlyFans. So if she wants to do OnlyFans, she owes him some money because she's his. Wonderful. Jesus Christ. So, great. Right. It's really funny how in that documentary he claims to not be sexist. <laughs> yeah, he's that's true actually. He says that like I think he said didn't you see that like, he's like the least sexist person or something like that. Yeah, he does say something stupid like that. It's unbelievable really because that you can't really say anything more sexist than that, which But is... no, like he is the definition of like someone who hates women. Like he yeah. hates women. There is yeah. there is no two ways about it. He does not he see also women hates as human. himself. But that's oh, a whole lot. That's a conversation so. he's not ready for. <laughs> he's fueled by ego and self hate and just yeah. hatred in general, which yeah. like honestly must be exhausting to do. 
so sad anyway <laughs> explain so another this is something that he's like some of these are like things he's done and some of these are like direct quotes so he explains that he feels more comfortable having a male pilot rather than a female pilot when he's on a plane because he doesn't think women are strong enough to be able to steer a plane because everybody knows it requires so much physical strength did you not know that all <laughs> um pilots are bodybuilders oh oh my god that, well my um one of my good I guess that makes partner sense, is a pilot and he's a bodybuilder you know um <laughs> he actually has to um carb load every single day just to keep his job oh my god so yeah so he's right there <laughs> But also by this metric, women can't be bodybuilders, which we know they can. So (laughs) I actually know a couple women bodybuilders and they're amazing. And they can definitely fly a plane with some training. (laughs) Yeah. Carry on. Just keep just keep it pumping. (laughs) Keep it going until we can't we can't take anymore. This is this is like this is like rising. What are we doing to ourselves? (laughs) It is like masochistic, isn't it? This is super masochistic. Okay. If you're not going to, this is to women, if you're not going to have children, what are you going to do with your life? Great. Literally anything and everything else. Uh-huh. I know. Admitted that he very much prefers being intimate with 18 and 19 year olds because they've been through less dick. Fab. Says that, that men, I know, says that men who don't have deadly weapons in every woman, room in their house are pussies. I'm have just going to you... go text my dad that he's a pussy. Sorry, what's up? <laughs> Uh, yeah i'm gonna have a stern conversation with my boyfriend after this we don't have a single weapon believe it or not um uh has said have you ever seen a woman try and do anything competent no can't can't think of one (laughs) okay only one only one entire nations you know a direct quote this one's uh bang out the machete boom in her face then grip her up by the neck you go shut up bitch she's shaking on the floor panties are all wet and you go and and you go fuck her and that's how it goes slap slap grab choke shut up bitch sex that is a direct quote okay i want to talk about that one just a little bit more yeah because i think like as much as like we're poking fun at this guy and like the people like him and like they're laughing around and like we have the comfort to see that because we're not in direct contact with these guys. And like we're going to talk about how this has real-life implications a bit later on. Yeah. But I just want to really reiterate, guys, that this is... He is advocating for sexual violence, violence against women. Mm-hmm. He's he's advocating for a brand of rape culture that is so acidic and direct that it is yeah. a literal threat to the lives and safety of women, all women. Because if mentality and mindset like this spreads as rapidly as it seems to be with Andrew Tate, it's you know it's not funny anymore it's not a joke this is serious because people listen to him this man is a millionaire and he's made millions off of this sort of that's propaganda that's what I was going to say because this this isn't just us saying this is a real threat to women he actually as we well as we were saying in 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 the beginning like we know people who are well we know of people let me rephrase we know of people who are actually fans of Andrew yeah. Tate and who take his word as gospel and if this is his gospel then that really does put the lives of women in danger like really, really in danger and I think that's probably where I'm going to stop reading because that's yeah, bummed me out that, like that sucks I think, yeah I think we've done enough of his shit because yeah I can't even think of anything wetty to say it's just it's awful oh no worries I just I think that um 
the thing that we need to remember as well so much about Andrew Tate is that his influence has such reach but it's not just him I mean I'm reminded we talked about um Myron Gaines a little bit earlier on just mentioned his name yeah from the fresh and fit podcast yeah and great I don't I don't know as much about him um I don't really care to know much more about him from what I've seen yeah same he's made a lot of things about things like body count I know that Andrew Tate you know one of the quotes said is like he likes younger women because they've in his words not mine gone through less dick Mm-hmm. And there's a real, there's a real focus on sex and sex culture mm-hmm. in the narratives of these podcast bros. And there's this whole idea that body count really matters, and like how many people you've slept with really matters as a woman. And there's this like I saw one. It wasn't from any of these that we've mentioned. It was some guy who was asking a woman about like body count and like does it matter. And he said like it's something they bring up all the time. It's like. If a key can unlock lots of locks, it's a good key. But if a lock can be unlocked by many keys, it's a shitty lock. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah, and the analogy is basically that a guy can sleep with loads of women. He's like, you know, he's just more experienced. He's got more value. He's like, he's he's saying it. He's owning it. He's a king. But a woman that goes through, no, I say go, oh my God, I'm even using the language now. A woman who has a lot of sexual partners is somehow of low value because she's slept with more people, which... I mean, I hope that people listening to this podcast don't have to be told this anyway, but body count doesn't matter. Of course not. How many people you sleep with doesn't matter. It's come up a few times with me, with guys that I've dated and been with. In fact, my last boyfriend brought up my body count quite a lot because, just for information's sake, I am a former sex worker. So I was a sex worker for five years, and obviously that meant that I had quite a lot of sexual partners in that time. And my ex would bring up um, my body count when we had arguments. Oh. I'm sorry, that's horrible. Yeah, and he would throw up my face, and like other people I've dated have done this as well, and say that like I'm either like used up or like I'm too damaged or whatever because of my body count. And people, men really believe this, which is a scary thing. And the sad, the even worse thing is, is that women are led to believe this too. Yeah, and I think a lot of women still do. I, I, I like it's it's actually the root of a lot of um, like insecurity that women have, and like it takes a while to get out of that mindset like I know through friends it can be really uh damaging um and you feel like you you feel like a slut like that's that's how you're made to feel um and it's just ridiculous because men can go through the same amount of partners and be congratulated for it it's ridiculous yeah and I just want to say to anyone that's like going for anything like this right now that's listening yeah. And experiencing conversations like this. I just want to make it so clear that your worth is not dependent upon how many people you sleep with or don't sleep with. Your sexual history only matters to you. Yeah. And that that's literally it. Your yeah. va- how many people you sleep with, it doesn't impact your value at all as a human being. Your value is based on the quality of your personality, on you know, your character. To me, the only thing that I would say gives people more or less value is how kindly and openly they treat other people. And in this mm-hmm. scenario, people that make people shit about their body count. Yeah. And someone who has a high body count, I'm sorry, but I'm not low value because I've slept with a lot of people. You're low value because you're trying to make me feel shit about it. Absolutely not. You're you're high value. We are high value women. <laughs> Period. <laughs> I wish that was like the end of the episode, but I have so much more to say because that would have been such a good quote. Yeah, there's so much more to say. But, um... <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> It's kind of, um, it was a little bit more about the audience, though. 
we've mentioned on our lovely little document here a few extra bits of information one of them being incels and mm-hmm. would we call Andrew Tate an incel that I originally wrote that as the question on the document like is he just an incel with a microphone but and I think in some ways he is have you seen like old videos of him like he was on a show some like British show about traveling yeah it was in Big Brother no, no, not Big Brother. Be, oh. It was something before that, I think. I think it was before oh, Big Brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Like, I'll try and find the clip got, and send it to you. I thought that's where he like got his start. but It, I mean, it is. The show that he was on was like, it, it was just random people. Like It wasn't like celebrities or anything. I mean, yeah. I mean, I can't really act like I could hear too much about the origin story of this arsehole. <laughs> no, no, truly not. Wait, why were we talking about that? Um, we're going to ask whether he's an insult or not. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is going to happen a lot, by the way, um, to everybody listening. I forget things very quickly. I think that looking at, like, who he was when he was younger, I do think that some of this has come from from potentially being an incel. And I, and I do think that his hatred of women comes from, like, not having any <laughs> women around him who, you know, who he can care about him and who he can care about. The only thing is, though, incel by his nature is involuntary involuntary celibate. Like, that's what it means. Yeah. And we know for a fact that he is not that. He Because his whole love of thing, he does attract women. I mean, I imagine less so now. That's what I'm talking about, like, where he started. I see, yeah. So he's like, he's almost like graduated from incel and just straight up arsehole. Not yeah, he looked, he looked like a little nerd. I'm not gonna like he looked. Yeah, he did. He was. Like, you should. I'm gonna send <laughs> not you the, the clip. dragon of Andrew Tate. I love this. No, because <laughs> I I know it's very rare to hear me say very degrading things, even about the worst people. But oh my it's god, true. no! Everyone, please dig up shit from his past <laughs> and like spread it around. I want to see this man. I want. I want to see this I'm, man. I'll crumble, show you. Even more than he already has. I'll send you the clip. I've got it somewhere. It's just, and he just looks like a little a little nerd. Like, and I just Sweet. think that he. <laughs> Yeah, no, he does. Do we? Yeah, I don't do. I think that he just probably couldn't get any, and it just spiraled from there. And he was just like taken up. I think he did start with an incel me- uh, like mentality, and then I think that's how it always starts. Um, yeah, know? I mean, like, and now he's the patron saint of incels. Yeah, literally. I mean, I th- speaking of his like followers and how he is the patron saint of incels, but one thing we didn't mention. Well. We sort of mentioned that he has an MLM, but it's worth saying that he did start something called Hustlers University, which oh is... Oh my God, an, yes. Tell us about this one. Yeah, and it's an MLM that is technically... You could not be called an MLM because it's like a modern version because it uses affiliate marketing where basically you sign up um, and then you get a link that you have to put in your bio and then of your social media profiles and then when people click on that link and sign up you get a percentage of what they pay so it's a vicious cycle you sign up then you put a link in your bio and then somebody finds that link and signs up and they put a link in their bio so the whole thing is just Andrew Tate promoting himself and on that note one thing that I I, I and I hope I hope and I know there would be none at this point if in by some small sliver of a chance that there is a, a man listening to this who is an Andrew Tate fan I need you to hear this he does not care about you he is just making no, money he does not. you he does not care about other men and that is a key thing to remember is that he doesn't give a fuck it so is and do you know what 
for if there is anyone listening to this and like they're probably thinking, like all oh, these stupid bitches or whatever talking about I'm like sure. like the king or whatever i'm just gonna say this and put it <laughs> into more context he sees you as a cash cow in the exact same way he sees the cam girls that he grooms he preach it's the exact same thing oh, uh, it's the exact in, same thing in the in that documentary he there's there's something called what's it called the war room the, the war, war room, room. like a, some kind of like event that he sets up and a hundred men come and they pay five grand five thousand pounds not to mention just to go to there to romania yeah that's not included well, i don't think it's included no it's not it's just no, that's his entry yeah so they pay five grand and guess and they don't know what's going to happen when they get there they're promised in the in the like advertisement for this thing that they're promised like basically a life of how to like to learn how to live a life of luxury and to have women like submit to you and things like that and when they get there andrew tate stands up in this room in front of a hundred of his probably biggest fans and followers. yeah yeah but at the end at the at the core of it so, you know some of these men it breaks my heart you know some of these men you know all of these men were little boys once and somehow they've gotten lost and somehow they found him and they think that they're doing something great and what and what andrew yeah they think that he's like the answer and what andrew tate does to these lost men and it actually actually kind of chokes me up a bit because i imagine like the men in my life who i'm close to and them getting lost and ending up here and pay, paying five grand to to go somewhere where they think it's going to help their life and instead what they get is that andrew tate has paired each of them up with a professional cage fighter and they all get beat up. One of them ends up in hospital. And actually, I don't. I actually feel emotional talking about this, and I, I well, shouldn't because all of these men are dickheads. But the, the, but thing, the thing is, the thing is, though, it's, that's heartbreaking. It's rad. The thing, the thing about it, just taking is, their it money. Is, it's it's radicalization. Yeah. No. I, that's what I think. That's, that's what it is. That's why it that's gets what me. People. People are scared of that word. But that's what this is. It is a form of radicalization, yeah. and it's not. Yeah. It's it's spreading an ideology. But it's not even for a greater cause. It's it's to line his pockets. And 160,000 people are members of Hustle University. It made $11 million in just one month, according to a BuzzFeed article that I'm looking at right now. One of the and, biggest online education platforms now. And that really yeah. upsets me. And when you watch the documentary, you have these men. And it's like Ellie says, Andrew gives like a little like speech that lasts like, what, half an hour? Wait, you did, I mean, obviously, we don't see the whole thing because Christ, I don't think anyone could sit through that. Obviously, those men did, but whatever. And then at the end, of it, he's like, he introduces this whole thing of like, right, there's cage fighters, are you going to fight them? And then he does say, you can tap out, but then you have to sit in this room and discuss why you tapped out and why that makes you like a low value man or whatever. And so, what he does is he basically has all these men fly out to get beaten up. And I mean, I don't know if there's like a, if there is an ethos behind it, but there's not really an explanation as to why or like what it means it's like he says he says that it's to prepare oh. them to so that they train every day of their lives but then it's, it's like train it's for it's, it's, he, at the end of the day he got five grand out of 100 people at foot yeah. and he got to watch them get beat up that is not a man who cares about his fans or followers. No, that is he a man who's trying to take money. And that upsets me because these all of these men and these young boys, especially these really young boys, yeah, there were really, some really, really young lost. guys to there. He's taking and, advantage of them. Yeah. And there was um I believe there was like a British person that was interviewed at the war room in the documentary. And I forget exactly mm. what they said now, but like they're fully they are fully like eating it up. Like the like it's amazing. Like it's if you swapped Andrew Tate's ideology 
for like a religious ideology. I'm not going to say a particular one, but um, he changed it for like a religious ide- ideology or like a political ideology, more like firmly political. People would say it's radicalization. People would say it's brainwashing. If it was a com, if it was like a communist meeting, mm. uh, the same sort of thing, but just if that was the overall brand, it wasn't Andrew Tate's Hustlers University. Yeah. People would say that it was a dangerous political thing. Yeah, and obviously, as um, the pattern always goes, uh, because it's women, nobody really gives a fuck. So, as it's women who are the victims. So, and that's a really sad thing. Yeah. And I just I just want to really re-emphasize that, though. 160,000 people are on this platform. And this is a man that... Some as young as 14 as well, can I just yeah. add? advocate and this is a man that is actually advocating for violence against women and yeah. we've not even talked about the like the homophobia that goes oh on my God. platform it doesn't get as much of a spotlight because it's not as much of his it's not his soapbox all the time but there's a lot of anti-lgbtq um, rhetoric in his platform too there's a lot of awful awful stuff going on um, he uses things like the word gay. He actually said once that like, carrying a water bottle around with you is gay. Oh my god. It's like derogatory thing. It's like because because somehow it's more manly to not hydrate. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows that, Adam. What are you talking about? It's like your dry skin makes you more of a man. Okay, sit down. Um <laughs> What are they talk what are you talking about? They have Nivea five in one. Not not five in one like <laughs> it can clean your dishes your hair and your ass crack but let's face it they don't wash their asses exactly um but that's the thing though these guys that are you know saying like oh well you know bitches should have a low body count and like she's mine if she's with me and yeah she'll do only fans but I'll take the money and all that they have massive reach and this is the end result of it the highest level of hustle university can go is getting beaten up what kind of got me more than anything it was the men that chose not to fight and they're being shamed about wanting to preserve them the the health essentially mm-hmm. that really struck a note with me because like they had to stand in a room full of people and talk about how weak they were and like you know really beat themselves up yeah, it, was, so it's it like, was really hard to, that's why i was getting a bit choked was, up because i was yeah, like at the end of the day these are just lost watch. men Yeah, it is actually really hard to watch. That one guy talks about his kids and he's like, I hope now that I can be a better dad. Why? Why? Because now you, you know, you've been humiliated and you feel worse about yourself. You're gonna be a shit dad. That's that's the thing that gets me though. It's like these men have daughters. Oh no, don't actually don't. This is actually upsetting me. No, because I mean horrible. Actually, it's even worse. They have sons. They have sons that they'll bring up to think this way. But they have daughters that will have to live in a household where they're told all of this and internalise it every single day. Oh my God, it breaks my heart. Because charity starts at home, but so does self-hatred. And this misogynistic spiel, this vile, vitriolic hatred of women, Mm. this radicalisation of men to hate women in a culture and a world that already hates women, Mm. he's just infecting more directly acute misogyny and rape culture. Yeah. Can I just read out this? There's this... The Reddit post. I was going to say, should we go into this? Oh, I, I definitely will do that straight after. Oh, sorry. Just this... <laughs> no, no, sorry. I, sorry. I was like super prepared for this podcast. There, there was a quote from a Rolling Stones article where they just sort of sum up 
like podcast bros and like their podcasts and like what they do really well um and uh, again I'm so sorry I've forgotten both the name of the article and the author um but he says that these kinds of podcasts uh, and I quote blends conservative traditionalism and new age guruism into a superficial concept of modern masculinity and I don't think there's a better I've not read a better description than that no I completely agree I think the really operative word there as well is superficial it's all surface level. Yes. And conservative traditionalism as well, like going yeah. back in time. Yeah. 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 Because one of the notes that I said is like, it's almost a reaction to like yearning for like the good old days. And it's like going a little bit, we, Ellie made some notes about people who aren't um, necessarily podcast bros, but like podcast bro adjacent, like John Peterson, Ben Shapiro, incel dating coaches, all this sort of stuff. All of these people in this sort of online space of, almost like a new brand of misogyny mm-hmm. they're all harkening back to this idea of like the good old days like like the yeah. 1950s image of the world you know like the victory days even after the war was won because two particularly two white men straight white men they mm-hmm. were the good old days because culture and economy was growing but those good old days were terrible for everyone else yeah yeah i mean black people were still being killed in the streets of america at this time gay people weren't allowed to exist women could not do anything but i know this ultra conservative basis is like it is this yearning back like a time that you know were really for them it is the good old days because they were the only voices that were heard Mm. speaking of these incel dating coaches and um pickup artists do you remember russell hartley like from the beginning of the pandemic he was like all over tiktok and people were mad about him me in particular i was fuming for months that i actually had to like had to like block him just so i didn't find his account because i was actually like on a mad one he was like this guy he always wore a suit and <gasps> yes do you, oh, remember? <gasps> do you remember oh my god this dickhead I forgot he existed until I was researching this. Oh my and I, God. I got mad all over he again. He has the most punchable face. Oh, don't, don't, don't. Oh my God, no, I'm actually triggered. <laughs> I've, just go- I've just Googled him. I'm actually triggered I'm seeing sorry. him again. I'm sorry for triggering you. But like, I got triggered too. Because, and I just, he used to do, for those of you who don't know, like, you can look him up, but also I don't want you to because I don't want you to give him any, like, views. But <clears throat> he's called Russell Hartley. And if you're like quite big on TikTok, he was, a, his videos popped up quite a lot at the beginning of um uh the pandemic and he did videos where he basically talked about like how to get women to like that was basically the start of every topic was how to get women to come home with you how to get women to sleep with you when they don't want to how to all of these sorts of things like how to have a threesome like if your woman's like not sure if they want a threesome things like which is like forceful um and essentially like essentially what he's doing is like two like sexual assault tutorials <laughs> like that's the best way to describe it it's disgusting like i was so oh, i hate him he has a youtube channel um it's obviously not his main platform it's only got um nine videos on it but one of them is obviously it's a clip of his tiktoks and it's titled what do women and this is on all capitals actually bring to the table <gasps> Which, oh. that just says it all to you. One about why should you, um, like, who wears protection. Mm. 
mm-hmm. basically advocating to not use condoms. Um, please use yeah, condoms. Yeah, that sounds like him. Take yeah. it from the person whose job was literally to have sex for a while, have condoms, use them. They're great. The dark side of being a sugar baby or dating a sugar baby, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just awful, awful, man. I remember... But you know what's kind of sad? He feels oh. like such small fry now compared to what we've just I been know. reading about. Oh it's my like, God, that's so true, worse. isn't it? I know. Like, How could, was... I, after watching Russell Hartley, I thought, oh my, this is the worst of the worst. And now Andrew Tate exists and we're still like going about our days. Like that's normal. It's like a video game and you think like, oh God, this is like the really hard level. And you get past it and you look back and like, oh no, that's quite easy. Now that yeah. you're like at the boss level with Andrew Tate yeah i know speaking of like reading out titles of things i uh whilst i was researching i was reading out some titles of the um fresh and fit podcast okay i've never i've triggered like actually trigger warning as well um it's it's really bad especially because that a lot of their podcast content contains um like pretty nasty things about like plus size women um or like women yeah. who don't and just the... as like um it's like a disclaimer as well like i mean at least i i don't identify as plus size but i'm a larger woman well woman plus person so, yeah same here yeah so we're gonna talk a lot about body positivity um down the line Absolutely. But just just know that as ellie reads the sort of stuff out that we do feel it personally as well yeah absolutely it's like it's not something and we take light-hearted even if even if you didn't identify as that ourselves, we'd probably still take this quite personally. Yeah, yeah. And it's and you know, it's not something we take lighthearted. Sometimes though, all you can do is laugh because it's just like I That's feel so, so powerless. True. Yeah. Anyway, so, so here are some of the here are some of the titles Grab of the Fresh and Fit. <laughs> here are some of the titles of the Fresh and Fit podcast, right? Big girls argue with thinner girls and this happened. That's one title. Heated debate. We love women against women. I know. Heated debate with delusional feminist and black queen on wage gap. The painful truth about toxic masculinity. Single mum cries and walks off after we ask this question. Single mum denies sugar daddy proposal to have fun. Boyfriend dated her for four months with no box. I don't know what that means. No, box is a slang word for vagina. Oh, great. So it means like no sex. Oh, well, I wish I didn't know. <laughs> Thanks, that um, music. <laughs> uh, is DJ Envy a simp for letting wife go on 20-day girls trip? So I, no. I don't want to read it anymore because fuck no. it. But that's the sort of content that we're talking about. And in fact, that yeah. sort of sums up podcast bros quite well. I think that that's the content that, yeah, you know. I feel like Andrew Tate is like a lot more extreme of an example. Like, like I said, he's like, he's like the boss level of the video game. But those mm. titles and that sentiment is very, like, indicative of what they're really like. It's a mm. lot of a lot of guys versus girls content, which, honestly, can we just leave that in 2014 where it belongs? Yes. A lot of pitting women against women. A lot of this idea as well of, like, you know, like, this whole, like, whole fear of, like, being a simp and, like, you know, this, this uber fixation on like you've got to be like the big man like the boss man and whatever and it's just are you not tired i, I know not tired. i just I wish that exhausting. there were some role models yeah i just but wish the there were some role though, models that let the men are. feel the rock mm. tom hanks is a great one for a start oh yeah that's true tom hanks is a wonderful man i adore him if anyone has anything problematic to say about tom hanks i don't want to hear it i just want to keep him in my mind <laughs> just as angel that he is 
but he's a very successful man who is a masculine man. You know, you would not describe him as overtly feminine, mm-hmm. but he is an emotionally vulnerable man. He's played a lot of emotionally vulnerable roles, such as Mr. Rogers mm-hmm. and Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. And when you see him, he's a kind, polite gentleman. And there are a lot of people out there like that. You know, mm-hmm. David Attenborough, Stephen Fry. There are a That's lot true. of men in our culture who occupy this place. I mean, look at look at any man on Bake Off. <laughs> That's so true. Yes. Like, the thing is, these role models exist. But the reality is, it's because this brand of, like, toxic manhood, it's not even masculinity, it's toxic manhood, mm. it, um, it's so loud and so in your face that it draws more people in because it's like, you know, if you walk down a street and there's one place that's got loads of big lights outside and a place that's got like a candle in the window, mm-hmm. just you know, a moth to the flame, you're going to see the more outlandish front of a shop or whatever it is in this shitty analogy I've made. But that's what these men serve as. Like, they're almost like the Las Vegas of manhood. Like, all facade, all grab lights and attention. Yeah. I just wish that men knew that. Like, it's okay to feel an emote. And like, these... These podcast bros, they, all, all it is really is like displaced accountability. Like they Period. pin, it's it's not the, it's not, it's not my problem because it's the world's problem. It's, it's the government's problem. It's women's problem. It's, and they just won't take any accountability. And that's all it is really. It's just displaced. Like they just can't take any fucking accountability. It's, it's so exhausting as well because I think it's almost like the blatant misogyny of these podcasts as well. It's it's directing internal hatred outwards and internal frustrations mm. outwards because it's easy to look around and see what's different about now than like when my dad grew up. And it's the fact that women have a much more active role in the world of work and making money, that women, there's more female CEOs now than there have been ever in recorded mm-hmm. history. I, I mean, I assume so, at least in sort of, the history of capitalism and the easy difference to spot is oh well you know everyone's woke now women are like angry feminists and so they direct this frustration they have at themselves and their inability to adapt to this new world and this idea that actually no you can be emotional you can embrace your feelings without punching a wall or beating up a woman and so mm-hmm. what they do instead is they direct it at women and at queer people at people of color because yeah. we're saying enough is enough and we yeah. are taking our space. And that's exactly what it is. And Preach. I think that I'm just going to, Ellie included a really poignant link in our discussion, which I think if you're good to go here, I think we should move on to. Yeah. So yeah, because this, this is going to be a two hour podcast. <laughs> yeah. So this comes from a account on Reddit. I'm not going to read the um, name just for the privacy. Um, mm-hmm. but this is on r slash advice Ellie found this post and I'm, I'm a big reddit user so I think I actually may have read this once before just because I'm a member of the subreddit oh really but the title is I think my brother is being influenced by podcast bros let me provide some context first I overheard a YouTube video that my younger brother was listening to today in the video some man was asking a group of women what they think they deserve in a man and the girls obviously replied with the usual he has to treat me with respect etc then this man proceeds to ask them why they think they deserve that and that they think too highly of themselves and are too entitled. I don't want him watching videos like that because I don't think it's healthy for his young mind to absorb. He's 14, by the way. This is not the first time I've caught him watching videos like that, and I've spoken to him about it before. 
and know he must be careful of the type of media he consumes because although you might not realize it, but it influences your thinking. Still, it seems that he doesn't want to listen to me and continues to listen to this garbage. I know that it's already affecting his values because he said some offhand sexist things to me and my sister before it's gotten to the point where my sister and I can't tell if he's joking or not and we're kind of concerned. My sister and I have thought about talking to our parents about it, but they won't understand our worry and we'll just say he's a boy, so it's different for him or something along those lines. Any advice now can help my brother not become one of those types of men. And I think that that post is so poignant because yeah, there is this is the real issue now is that grown men obviously with like power are being influenced by this but the next generation is too i um have um i was very briefly a teacher did not like it spoiler alert (laughs) but i know a lot of people who are teachers and i've seen a lot of posts from teachers saying that they now have to deal with this in the classroom I've also I've also seen that and actually I think in that Andrew Tate documentary Matt talks to yes, a 14 he does. year old I girl that. yeah yeah and a teacher the, I believe yeah it's actually I don't know what I don't even know what to like say to that like I don't know how to advise because sometimes like this is the, the 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 problem with social media and things like that is that you it's like indoctrination and you can't when somebody's like red pilled you can't you can't get through to them and but at the same time obviously this boy this boy's 14 like he's so young and so naive but it's just how and you're just going to be like an adult who's not as cool and not in tune with what you know what they're thinking so how do you get through to them either way I definitely I know that they said that they're not going to, they don't know if they should tell their parents because they won't get it. But I do think they should make their parents aware of the dangers of it. And like, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I do think as well that um, with things like this, it's so important to remember that social media is the Wild West. The internet is the Wild West. There's still, I mean, Ellie and I are the generation of people that we kind of grew up as social media became a thing. Mm hmm. You know, um, we kind of navigated our teens just on social media, like things like Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, we're all just kind of taking off, Mm -hmm. you know, so we're like right at the beginning of that sort of part of history. And we know kind of better than most people, having grown up and seen social media from really the beginning point, that there is, social media is wild, it's crazy, it's, you know, it's an endless valley of all kinds of crazy shit. And stuff like this it really does influence people that's the thing i'm guilty of this like you know sort of joking about the term influencer but the sad thing is these people truly are influencers because they shape thinking and they shape people's beliefs and values and that's the really dangerous thing and the scary thing here and Mm -hmm. at that age of 14 they're so young but i remember when i was 14 and that's sort of when I became cognizant of things like feminism. And that's sort of, I kind of went the opposite direction um, to like the boy in the post where I really became aware of like just how problematic stuff like this can be. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm grateful that I was able to do that, but it's an age where people really do start to have the values shaped because you're at an age where you're, you know, you're not that far off adulthood, really. You know, in four years' time, that 14-year-old will be an 18-year-old, potentially working, living away from home, dating women. And that's a, that's a short jump of time. I think people don't, like, quite process that. That a, a teenager, you're very close to being an adult. 
Yeah. So what would you say to the to these um two sisters who are worried about their brother? I think that they do need to make it clear to the parents say, look, this is what this actually means. This is a real problem. It's not just, oh, he's a boy and boys will be boys, which in itself is such a problematic expression. Mm -hmm. But no, this boy will be a man before you know it. Mm -hmm. And if this man goes forward into the world and thinks that it's okay to speak to women about like this and think about women in this way, and that this is appropriate, then that man will go on to hurt a lot of people. Somebody's going to get hurt. And, you know, hurt himself as well. Yeah, that's because true. I always think when they talk about oh, like women don't deserve to be respected and anything like that, how can you expect someone to respect you if you don't respect them first of all? It's two way street. Mm-hmm. But his relationships in the future, if he really takes this in, it's going to be such a dark, sad, lonely place. And the thing is, more and more women are aware of this and know to not go near it. So mm-hmm. his chance of finding a partner that actually loves him and respects him and will stay with him. You know, I mean, and he may not want a partner, you know, he may discover that he's asexual or whatever, but most people aren't and most people want a relationship. And if it's not nipped in the bud now, it will fester and he will grow up to be a lonely man and then find this even more and probably become an insult. Yeah, exactly. As, I mean, as descriptive, it's a dangerous path. So anything that you, that those girls can do to alert their parents and like, honestly I would not give up if it was my family like my brother I would not give up trying to like change his like I wouldn't Absolutely. give up on him yeah so just you just have to not give up on him I think and just try I your best think there's sometimes it's so powerful to sit them down and say look no this is they're not this isn't just a faceless woman walking down the street or just a woman you don't know on the internet on your TikTok feed that you're going to swipe and four videos later you're already going to find what she's look, going to look like yeah you know this isn't that this is me as your sister yeah. this is me as your mother yeah. this and i hate yes. that when we r- rally feminism to not just men but people that we sometimes have to put in the context of this is the women in your life this is the woman yeah, no, that you love and care about because it should be that, that way but it, but it has to happen yeah it sometimes does, you need to well yeah that's just it that's yeah the sad thing but he I would say that to put it into that context is quite powerful because it makes people realize that it's oh happening. No, yeah, this is a real thing. This, my words and what I say and what I take in, it matters because it goes beyond me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. I think that's a good note to leave it on. But before we go, we do want to start this little segment um where we each share a feminist thought or a feminist fact that we've been, that we found out throughout the week. So, and we're going to call it a femi fact or a femi thought. So, do you have either of those? Um, I do actually. Yes. Okay, go for it. So, my femi thought of the week is first of all that um, and we're actually I'm writing an article about this at the moment, but I wanted to talk about use of art to express feminist messages and thoughts and feelings and. I am, I've come to the point in my life where as someone who consumes, as I said before, I'm a Shakira fan, so I consume, I consume a lot of music by women. I almost exclusively listen to music by women, not sort of intentionally, I just gravitate towards female artists. But I was kind of thinking, like, is it just a feminist thing to create? Is 
it, feminist in and of itself to create and just share your experiences no matter what they are. And I actually kind of feel like, yes, it is. Because if we think about the history of art, of music, of literature, you know, up until, I mean, with literature, Jane Austen, at least in the English-speaking world, was kind of like one of the first really big female authors. And that was only the 1800s. And in music, you know, traditionally, I, I cannot name a single classical female composer, not that I can name many, or female artists from before, like the 20th century. I don't know of very many. And I think just that deficit in the creative fields throughout history makes any female creative do something that is radical and feminist and pushing a boundary still, even though now we have you know, countless female musicians and artists and writers. I still think that it's a really powerful feminist act. Yeah, definitely. Cool. I like that. Good. That's a really good uh, femme thought to start us off. Thank you. <laughs> I have a uh, femme fact that I found out today, actually, um, that I thought was just really random, to be honest. So I just wanted to share well, it. We love random it's, here. It's in, it's in regards to like the, the gender pay gap and it's like a, a two-parter one we already know the second part is really odd so it's like even in the 10 top paying jobs for women females earn less than men we know that like there's a significant yeah. pay, pay gap but only one career pays the same regardless of gender do you want to have a stab at what it is you, you literally won't get it oh. <laughs> nobody will get this i'm gonna say is it something really random like oil rig workers it is random, but that's no, you're nowhere near, you're nowhere near It's, <laughs> where did that come I just thought, because it's like, the, the the nature of the work, like they go away for like weeks, months on end, and like maybe it would be like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> At least it was an educated guess. I mean, you did just stab in the dark, but no, okay, it's pathology, speech pathology. Uh-huh. Why? I don't know. It doesn't explain it. I it's mean... Just- ghost speech pathologists like happy yeah. for you guys <laughs> yeah I mean like I'm about to change my career now um yeah super random right <laughs> yeah but that's that's really cool but also um HD every industry like come on guys it's yes uh, it's fucking 2023 like we're waiting mm-hmm. now and just to add on to that in case y'all didn't know there's also a gay pay gap and a POC pay yes. gap so google yes. that because the shit's real fucked up it really is and on that note <laughs> we've been going yeah. for two hours almost oh my gosh well thank you for and listening guys thank you so much if you want to give us some feedback um don't forget to rate our podcast on spotify you can follow us and um, we're putting out new episodes i forget which day we agreed on well it'd be cool if we could put this out on international women's day so if, okay. it, if we did happy women's day oh my god oh my god yes if we didn't then um happy whatever day this is it's international women's history month it's not just women's day let's celebrate yes. the whole month but if you guys want to add anything to the conversation, feel free to check us out at uh, our website. Ellie, can give us the web address? It's the newfeminist.co.uk. Yes, I did invent this. Yes, I did get it wrong. Um, <laughs> or you can check us out on Instagram at the New Feminist Magazine. That's why I got confused. Yeah, check um, us out. Slide in the DMs, guys. We're, DMs are open. Give us anything that you want to talk about, any discussion points. Might bring them up to the next episodes. But yeah, take yeah. care, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.